Hey, what's up? My name is Jason. I'm the pastor of Church in the Wild. Thank you for joining us in the wild, where we have sermons, conversations, interests, all the things that make us who we are. Thanks for jumping on here. You matter. Well, hey, church, welcome back to the Midweek Devotional. This is our last section of First Peter that we're going to be covering. Um, it's First Peter chapter 5. We're going to then go into a brand new sermon series this Sunday called Begin Again, and it is a look at the beginning of the church, um, the book of Acts. So we cover the book of Acts, and we will use the midweek devotional to um, supplement the sermons on Sundays. So they will go through a little bit more of like the characters, um, as well as some of the teaching that we might not get to on a Sunday morning. Um, for instance, we will be discussing a big topic uh, in the third or fourth Sunday, and we'll be talking a lot about Pentecost. And so uh, we won't be able to cover all of Peter's sermon in, the, in, in, a, in a sermon on a Sunday morning. So we'll use the midweek devotional to cover those sermons and, and cover some of the big topics in a more detailed way. So I'm looking forward to that. That begins this Sunday. But we're going to finish up 1 Peter chapter 5. And uh, it, it begins, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ. Now, um, this is Peter reminding the leaders of the church, hey, I also am a leader of the church. And he's, he's kind of reminding them of his role. It, he is establishing the fact that they should respect him, so to speak, and reminding him of the, the investment and effort he's put into the church as well as the one who shares in the glory about to be revealed. So he's reminding them now, listen, um, this is who I am and this is what I've done. And I want to remind you that someday we will see Jesus as he is for who he is. We'll see him in the person. And I don't want you to forget about that. He says in verse two, shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly as God would have you. This is something that, that's very important to all of us. We, we need to understand that, that we have a calling from God. It is different than an obligation. It is different than, a hey, Pastor Jason asked me to do this, and so, well, I'm going to do this, uh, but I, I'm not really pumped about it. I'm just, I feel obligated, so I'm going to do it. We, we believe that God has a unique calling for every believer, and it is our job as leaders of the church to help people find their unique calling. And so our dream and our goal and our hope for you as a believer is that if there's something that you're doing out of compulsion, if there's something that you're doing like, oh, I don't really want to do this, I just am, that you would talk to us about that so that we can have a conversation of, hey, is there something else that you just feel passionate about within the framework of our church? Or is this something that we need to talk about that we're doing wrong? Or is it something that you need to grow in? Um, Peter's, Peter's talking about this in a very specific way. And it's a way that I think we as believers, we as the church should discuss. Hey, what is it that makes us feel like, oh, I have to go to church on Sunday? That's, that's one of, the, one of the, the signs of somebody who's observing through compulsion or serving through compulsion. I got to go do this. Well, we, the truth is we get to do this because we serve God, but willingly as God would have you, he says, then not out of greed for money, but eagerly, 
There's a, another group of people. There are those who serve because they feel like, well, I've just got to do this. You know, um, some people believe if they do it, God will be mad at them, and and or they believe if they don't do it, they won't get some reward. And then. There's another group of people who believe like, well, if I pastor, I can make all this money. I can sell all these books. I can do all these things. And Peter's reminding them, hey, that's not how and why we serve. Next in verse 3, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. In other words, not using your power to... Um, influence in a, in a in a ownership type of way of hey uh, this is me you owe me I'm in charge I'm the pastor I'm the elder I have more say than you um, you know I think uh, somebody says to remember how to say it, they said there's no power that's more abused than a little bit of power and what, what Peter is saying to the leaders of the church is when you're given a little bit of power from God, do not you do not dare abuse it. Don't abuse it. Don't use that to lord over people. I have a higher status. Of, come look at me. I'm on the pulpit. I'm a big dealer. Look at me. I sit on the platform because I'm I'm a big shot. That is that is not the plan of the Bible. Uh, when the chief, this is verse four. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. In the same way, you who are younger, now he's going to um, talk about the, the new Christians, those who have not been given leadership yet, be subject to the elders. So it's a good reminder for all of us that, hey, if you're an elder, be humble. And if you're a younger believer, a newer believer, humble yourselves and subject yourselves to those who have served, those who have been in, a, in their proper place. So at our church, we do next steps, and it's a six-month-long process, and it takes a while to get there. And inevitably, every now and then, we'll have a person who will say, I don't need to go through all, now, all the next steps. I already know all this. I, and you know what? We don't allow that person to lead because we recognize that that person's not following 1 Peter 5. They're not willing to be humble and subject. Then he says, God resists the proud. I'm sorry, all of you clothe yourself with humility towards one another because God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. This is like his way of kind of summing this little section of the passage up is, hey, remember if you're in charge or you're, you're new, be humble. God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time. It's a good reminder here that um, when we humble ourselves under God, he exalts us, but it doesn't happen right away. Sometimes we, we think, well, if I'm humble, God will, you know, I've been humble for six months. That's enough. I, it's time for me to be in charge. That's not what the Bible is saying. It's saying at the proper time. Verse 7, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. Throw like a fisherman throwing a net, just toss it at God as if you have something you're just throwing to him. Verse 8, there's a couple of just last reminders. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion for, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. Interesting uh, little little thought here is that 
the devil law is referred to as a roaring lion. And what does a roaring lion do? It roars so that you will run from him and into an ambush. What does Satan do to us? He tries to get us to run from his attacks. And we try to run from them. I, I don't want to I don't want to go through this. I don't want to suffer this right now. I don't want to experience it. I don't want to face this. So we try to run, and what happens? We then run into his ambush. Peter says, stand firm in the faith. A lion roars so that you'll run into an ambush, but if you stand firm, there's no ambush. There's no ambush. We ought to, um, as Pastor Levi Lusco says, run into the roar. Then he says in verse, verse um, 9, remember that, that um, this is not something unique to you. He says, remember that the same kind of sufferings are experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. One of the ways that we can understand how to be firm and stand firm under Satan's attacks and, and, and his trials and, and temptations is to remember, this is not unique to me. This is something that, that I go through because I'm a believer. He wants you to feel alone. He wants you to feel isolated. He wants you to think that no one else in the world has gone through what you're going through. But Peter reminds us that, that all the believers go through that. Verse 10, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself, listen to these words, restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. To him be dominion forever. Amen. So as you stand firm in the faith, whatever attack you're going through, whatever temptation you're going through, remember, God will restore you, establish you, strengthen you, and support you. You know, it's funny, um, recently having these, these, these strokes and then having this hole in my heart, I get a phone call or a text or a message once or twice a day in the last couple of weeks from somebody who says, you know what, the same thing happened to me. And for a long time, I felt so alone. I felt like this never happened to anyone my age. This is only happening to me. Why is this happening to me? God, what are you doing? And I began to realize there are countless people out there who have gone through the same thing that I've gone through. And as I've realized that, then God has come alongside and he has restored me physically, but also mentally and emotionally of like, okay, I can do this. He, he's, he, he's restored my confidence and my, um, my faith in him, which was for, for a moment, if I'm completely honest, was like, what's going on? He's established me. He's got me back on solid ground. He strengthened me and supported me. And now I feel like doing more for him than I've ever done in my life because I began to realize that when Satan roars, not to run, but to be firm and to remember that there are all kinds of other believers who have gone through similar things. I'm not the only one with the physical suffering that has, I've had to endure. There's many others. And as that goes, as that happens, you begin to be restored, strengthened. You begin to be equipped. You begin to be strengthened. And, and um, you begin to be stronger as a believer. Well, I, I loved going through 1 Peter chapter 5 with you. I've I really enjoyed the whole book. It's, it's a beautiful book. It's one of the best, um, one of my favorite books of the Bible. I don't know if we can have a best book of the Bible, but I love 1 Peter. It's such a good book. I've enjoyed going through it, and I'm, I'm fired up and absolutely ready uh, to cover um, the book of Acts. I think uh, we're, we'll look at a little bit of Luke and Acts because they're written together in conjunction. So um, I'm really excited to begin this series. We'll go through this um, all the way through 
the summer. That, the plan is to go through the book of Acts all the way into the fall. And so uh, I'm really excited about that. Always remember, church, that you matter, Jesus matters, grace matters, and details matter. Have a great rest of your week.